Listen, you got to be careful that you're not just putting out some front on stage, but there's no substance behind it. But once you've dealt with that, the reality is, is that God is inviting us to practice our righteousness, to practice our worship in environments, in community, where people can see our following, our discipleship, and say, I want more of that. We have the capacity to be, in some ways, as influential as worship leaders when we're in the front row as we do when we're on the stage. Welcome to the Southridge Worship Leaders Podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about offstage leadership. It seems everyone wants to know how to upgrade their leadership. Even in the job title of worship leader, it implies that leadership is something we value, and that's true. But oftentimes when we think about upgrading our leadership, we're thinking about communication, vision casting, leading teams, um, performing administrative tasks more efficiently. Essentially, a lot of what we often talk about when it comes to upgrading our leadership is how to be a better leader when we're in front of people, when we're guiding and coaching others, essentially when we're on stage. And so we want to counterbalance that with today's conversation by asking the question, what does it mean to be a leader offstage? I hope you're excited. Looking forward to digging into this one with you. Let's get started. So before we dive into our content that we have planned for today's episode, um, we're about uh, we're about a month into putting on services that, you know, include live, live everything, including live bands. And so at this point, I, I think um, most of us um, or most of the worship leaders who are listening to this have probably led at least once, if not twice, um, over the last month, month or two. Um, so I just wanted to take a little bit of time just to camp out on that and ask you, Tom, how are you feeling about things? Um, I know you've been exclusively in Welland over this past hmm. um, over this past month. How have things been feeling over there? Things in Welland have felt great. Uh, it's been uh, it's been really awesome to be back, and I, I'm hearing similar things all over the place from all of our locations that. Um, being able to be back together and not just in sort of the restricted way where we, before we were kind of doing services but very limited to have especially I mean I think the number one thing people are feeling is that we have full ba- full bands back mm-hmm. um, and I, I even heard I heard it from a couple of people actually that they had the experience of walking through the front doors and coming into the lobby and just hearing the band warm up yeah and that it was actually like an emotionally moving experience mm-hmm. for them. Um, and so for those of you who are listening, we we know that it's sort of been a bit of a shaking off the dust kind of thing with doing practices again and getting back into this routine. But I want you to know that people are are massively appreciating yeah. and, and benefiting from the work that you guys are doing with your bands. And uh, the the sense I'm getting is that there is a tremendous amount of excitement and enthusiasm and a love for our church and just people are thrilled to be back. And I know we're still dealing with, you know, masks and and distancing and some other protocols that um, it's just, it's still not ideal. And yet it has felt so good to be back. And Uh, it's been really cool actually, because there's been new people who have connected with us throughout Mm -hmm, the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, people who've now been part of our church for six months, but they've never been in a building before. Yeah. Uh, It's been cool to meet them and to see them getting involved. And 
you know, obviously we kicked off in September with some baptisms at our St. Catherine's location. Um, God is just up to lots of great stuff. Yeah. And I hope that it's been good for you all to be back and that you've been uh, enjoying and uh, sensing that God is at work as you've been getting back into the rhythm of, of worship leading and gathering together with us. Yeah, yeah. No, the shaking, shaking the rust. I don't know if you said dust or rust, but I think both are true. We're shaking Probably something both. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's true. That I, I even feel that. Yeah, that's right. Um, no one feels that more than me. Even just you know, um, as we get as we get back to things, um, that idea of shaking the the dust off is is definitely that definitely feels true these days. I think if I had any reflection over the last month, it would just be. Just so much gratitude for the people who are around and in this thing. Like mm. so many of our volunteers um, were like obviously uh, our worship leaders, but even just beyond that, our band members like the, uh, you know, walking away from rehearsals and services, just being like, man, I'm so thankful for that person. And just the heart that people are bringing, but also the way that people are, you know, bringing their best. Like it's it's definitely felt like um like we have a team. They're here. Yeah. They're into what we're doing. Um, and God is obviously moving um, in all three locations. And so that's just been cool. Yeah. Over the last year or even the last few months, you know, we've asked, I've heard other people asking, like, do we, do we still have a church? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's been amazing is realizing not only do we have a church, yes, we have a great church. We We love all of you guys. We love the people at our church. We have uh, just a community of really incredible, good-hearted, God-loving, into what we're all about yeah. people. I, I love being part of this church. And yeah. I, I I see that same enthusiasm in other people's eyes these days in, in, in a big way. So it's really, really cool. Awesome. So today we wanted to talk about the idea of offstage leadership. So far, kind of a lot of what we've talked about has been how do we become better leaders on stage? And so today we want to dig in a little bit um, to what that looks like off stage as well. Um, and so uh, I'll just start out by asking the question: um, What do we even mean when we talk about off stage leadership? Yeah, it's a great question. Actually, before we even get into off stage leadership, um, I think it's a really good opportunity for us to just do a quick rabbit trail on something that we talk about a ton around here, especially lately. We've, we've spent a lot of time talking about this, um, is just the nature of stages at all. Mm-hmm. The fact that we are a church that gathers in rooms that have stages, um, like just physical stages, are helpful for being able to see the leaders at the Logistics, front and some of yeah. those like yeah practical realities. They're, they're, it's not like stages are, are bad or evil or anything, but they also communicate even subtly or implicitly mm-hmm. some things that we find we always have to be combating. Mm-hmm. Um, that it actually physically elevates some people above yeah. others. That feels awful. Um, and even that it actually just because of if you go to the, the kinds of places where you go where you see stages, they're shows. Yeah. You know, whether it's a play or a concert, um, it kind of implies that I'm coming here to watch a show yeah. that's going to happen, that the service is going to happen on stage. Yeah. And that is something that we have been trying to combat forever and, and definitely in recent years. Um, we've even, if you're, if you're in our St. Catherine's location, you know, we've been experimenting with 
this little uh, lowered stage at the mm-hmm. front, this little platform at the at the front of the stage to try to actually lower how much people are elevated, and then you you battle. You know, the people at the back can't really see, so you got to get back up on the stage. It, it's not a perfect conversation, but we're constantly trying to find ways to address the fact that the challenges and some of the problems associated with the fact that a lot of what we do happens on a stage. And I would just want to say that the first thing I want to say about offstage leadership, especially to those of you who are worship leaders who do your leading while on a stage, I want us to just acknowledge the fact that we find ourselves leading in very public, visible, elevated, staged environments where people often are watching us. And um, I mean, first and foremost, I would just want to say, I know that sometimes that can actually create a bit of a weird, people think of us, Mm -hmm. people create a story in their minds about who we are and can sometimes elevate us in their minds and think that we're somehow something we're not. Um, And I would want us to, to first of all, feel no pressure to live up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And even make sure that we are doing the, the internal work of, of, of seeking humility and counteracting that kind of elevated status that people might even be tempted to give us. Yeah. Um, and to not fall into the trap then of the performance, right? That our faith is a performance that we have to be perfect, that we have to you know present ourselves yep. and our life and our faith and our thoughts a certain way. That's very polished that we can actually, one of the ways we break down the stage, not physically, but, but relationally and emotionally is just by being raw and honest and real and authentic on stage. Yeah. And that is something that you all can do to help us in that. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that I would say is increasingly, I would love for all of us to continually be reminding ourselves that the real ministry, the real work that God wants to do on Sunday mornings or when we gather is by and large not happening on stage. What's, what's on stage is facilitating what's happening off stage in the hearts of the people who have gathered. Mm-hmm. And so the first point I want to make about offstage leadership is just to remember that we're not trying to put on a, a, a great presentation on the stage that people will come and watch. The stage isn't the center. The stage is what serves the real main event, which is what's happening in the congregation, what's happening off right. the stage. Right. And so to remember that, that, kind of it's a bit of a reversal yeah um but if we can be mindful of that and continually lead to recognize you know i sometimes think about how how good does my voice sound and how good is you know how nice is the mix in my monitor it's actually the voices of the people in the congregation singing to god yeah that matters more than than how my voice sounds so even even practical little things like almost almost every time i lead worship i'll find a moment to pull the band back and mm-hmm. even like back off the mics yeah. and just let the room sing so that they're yeah. sort of the ones being elevated, not me and us. Yeah. Um, and that's just one strategy. There's other things we could talk about. This isn't the main focus of what we want to talk about sure. uh, in this podcast, but, but I would want to start by saying the stage is an issue. Mm-hmm. It's something we think about a lot and are trying to combat. Yeah. And f- as those who lead on stages, being aware of that dynamic and yeah. helping us combat that is something that we w- would be grateful for. Well, and for those of our leaders who maybe appreciate like historical context, like there's obviously been like so many ways that churches have thought about this over the years. Like, you know, even even today, not even like churches long ago, but like churches that are maybe more liturgical, like, you know, 
the uh, the priest or the preacher is always like off to the side because what is actually on the stage? It's like the Eucharist or the Bible or like elevated above everyone. Because or, we want Christ to take center stage, not right? any of us. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, you know, there's there's churches where like the band or the choir will actually, and the organ, um, I know it's probably been a while since we've had an organ around Southridge, um, but, you know, the choir and the organ would actually be behind the congregation. Oh, yeah. Um, so as not to distract. And I think there that what you're getting at is definitely true that um, that the way that our buildings are laid out actually do communicate values. It's, I think as long as we're aware of it and can actively try and combat it in some of the yeah. ways that, that I think we'll get into, um, that, that, that that's that the create thing. a more level ground yeah. feel in our community. That's right. Uh, for those of you who know that song, we've sung it a little bit here before, but... Brian Dirksen wrote a song called Welcome to the Place of Level Ground. And actually, when they toured it, they went into churches and deliberately set up not on the stage, but on the on the floor with the congregation mm-hmm. as an act of saying, hey, we're all equal here. And this isn't a show. We're just in this together. So however we can think of you've got creative way, ideas of ways that we could get better at that, I just want to recognize that stage is a thing, and it's a thing that... that uh, it's 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 just a, a thing we don't always feel great about that we've got to constantly be addressing and 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 just being aware of and mitigating. So that's a, that's a good like context setting. Pardon me, pardon me here, but I'm I am literally going to say setting the stage for the conversation, um, but. I think that does set us up really well. Um, just to give us a little bit of a roadmap, like um, we, in, in our brief conversation before recording the episode, we want to think about this in, in two ways. Do you want to give like maybe a brief summary of those two ways and then we'll dig into each of them uh, in order? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, when we talk about offstage leadership, we mean two things. Um, the offstage part of it is about recognizing that who we are when we're not on, when we're not leading worship, when I'm not in that place on the stage, who I am when I'm not there needs to be consistent with Mm -hmm. who I am when I'm on stage. Now, I don't adopt, you know, a stage personality or a stage name or a stage role. uh, If you did have a stage name, what would it be? Uh, Awful. It would (laughs) not be good. Um, Touche. The uh, the idea the idea that who we are on stage and off stage is actually consistent yeah. would be the first point yeah and then the other would be the word leadership which I would actually use the word um, because I'm a pastor and pastors love alliterations if if off stage is all about consistency uh, leadership is all about um, being conscious our our consciousness about the impact that we're having the influence we're having on those around us. In times when we're actually not on stage, it's very easy to think about the influence we have when I'm up in center stage talking or leading a song. But what about when I'm just sitting in the congregation or I'm in the cafe or I'm, you know, out and about in my daily life um, or in my life group? Uh, Because of, of the stage, because of the platform that we have to deal with, it actually puts a bit of a responsibility on us to think about the influence we have and how we behave and how we act um, when we're not on stage. So offstage leadership, it's about being consistent and then about elevating a bit of our consciousness around the role of what what being a leader means 
even when I'm not in a role specifically leading. So for the first one, I think probably if I had to uh, think about kind of a poster Bible verse for this idea, I, I would immediately think about Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, it's kind of right in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus starts off chapter 6 by saying, like, be careful about practicing your righteousness. And then he goes on to define righteousness as, as your worship, essentially. He talks about praying and fasting and giving. He says, beware about practicing this in front of people to be mm-hmm. seen by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he warns that if we um, are in these, on these stages, and he actually goes on to talk about like on street corners and on platforms, that, that some people, they stand on the, and they, they make a great show of their spirituality, of their worship, and they get rewarded by people. People think they're awesome, mm-hmm. but there's actually nothing going on between them and God. It's just a performance. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus actually recommends, he says, um, go away by yourself, go into like your closet yeah. and go pray there yeah. where only God can hear you. There's no audience, just an audience of one, just God. And that's who you really are. Mm-hmm. Let and, and let anything then that flows out of that or let anything that you would do in a public space actually flow out of your yeah. your prayer closet, yeah. not just your ability to to perform well on stage. Um, and so, at the end of the day, this this consistency of who I am off stage it's it's all about integrity. Um, this idea of who I am when no one's watching, or yeah. who I am when only God is watching. It's reminding me of uh, this com- conversation that I feel like a lot of people are having these days around the idea of like. Um, you know, just to replace some of the words you're using, the idea of like character versus charisma mm-hmm. and how it's pretty obvious what happens when charisma is what, you know, a leader is relying on. Like that's how we end up with, you know, these big name church leaders who are relying on, um, they're relying on their on stage leadership rather than like building the character uh, behind it, which is like those quiet moments that no one else is seeing. Yeah, um, which is the thing, kind of what you're talking about. Well, and that's the thing is, I don't, I don't want us to sizzle, but I want us to be the, have the steak, right? Like I want, right. I want us to have depth to what's real, yeah, more than be able to present ourselves in a way that's hip and catchy, yeah. Um, and so I, I totally track with that. I think, I think this conversation is, in, I don't know if it's the safeguard. But it, it's it's a bit the antidote mm-hmm. to what we're seeing, where you have big celebrities on big stages, and that we we have that more than ever in our culture right yeah. now, because uh, it's not just one or two people, and it's not just literal stages; it's the stages of of social media, yeah. um, of books. Of I mean, the whole Christian industry is this massive branded marketing industry. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but mm. all of those things, not that any, not that it's bad to have business sense or to mm-hmm. not that marketing or branding is bad in and of itself. But when, when that's the emphasis, yeah. uh, I think we just are automatically setting ourselves up for all kinds of failure. And, you know, we shouldn't be shocked when we hear these stories. We should sort of be like, yeah, obviously. Of like, course. We weren't meant to have, well, A, we we weren't meant to have that level of, of influence. One person wasn't meant to have that, Celebrity that of type of stage. Fame. But I think so that we don't 
end up tipping too much into that conversation because because I agree with you. I, I don't think that that's that's exactly on the nose of what we're talking about because I think that no this is important no matter what the scale is. Right. If you are responsible for ten people, yeah. your character matters more than your charisma. Absolutely. So we're not trying to get crowds to come because of how awesome our bands no. are. We're not marketing ourselves that way. We are trying to be, I mean, even to use language we use all the time, we're trying to be people who practice what we preach. Yeah. And the practice is actually more important than the preach. Um, or the, you know, that these songs that we're leading are mm-hmm. actually reflective of the lives we're living. Yeah. The lives we're living are more important than how killer the songs are or how awesome right. the arrangements are. Um, and so... I mean, I would just want to say a couple things about what I would hope to be seeing in our, in our, especially our worship leaders, for the purposes of this podcast, in our, in who we're being off stage. And I want to start off by saying, none of us are perfect. We're not trying to create some conversation where we have to hit some bar where we're, you know, we're living with this constant pressure to, to represent. I mean, that can also now turn all kinds of other environments of life into, into unhealthy stages. But I do want us to recognize that the reality and substance of what's under the hood in our lives matters. Mm -hmm. It matters incredibly much. And so I would love for us to be making sure that as we're leading on stages in public environments, that in private, in our personal lives, that there is substance to our relationship with God, that that looks like, daily engaging with God in prayer, in quiet time, in the things like the daily spiritual exercises that we provide, you know, that that we're being people who are living out our faith in the way we do business or in mm-hmm. the way we do relationships, that that Christ is at the center, not just of our worship times on Sunday morning, but Christ is at the center of our lives, yeah. even when no one's looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd also say that beyond just in our private lives— uh, as participants in a church community. Yeah, I feel like even as you're talking, the, the other thing that um, that I'd love us as leaders to begin, um, you know, talking about a bit more is just living that three-dimensional lifestyle of Jesus, engaging not just in the, in, in the inspiration side of things, but also uh, living a lifestyle of connection and action, which leads to compassion and justice and advocacy. Um, and so I think that that is to- that totally connects to this idea that we're talking about, um, that it's not just about the leadership that's happening on a Sunday morning on stage, mm-hmm. but that um, it's actually that leadership on stage flows out of a lifestyle um, and, and not just, you know, charisma or. Totally. And I mean, I want to I want to correctly set expectations. I, I, I love that you said that. And I, I absolutely want, especially those of us who are leading to be engaged in a life um, of inspiration and involved in not only our programs, but a lifestyle of connecting with God, of connecting with people and of serving the the marginalized and forgotten. Um, And I also recognize that our lives are full and busy and it's not like I want our people at the church every single night of the week participating in programs. Right, right, right. And so for some of you, I mean, it might be being in a life group that you're in for years and it's every single week for others, it might be doing some short-term group experiences mm-hmm. or there, there are different, you know, ways of participating in this, but 
Um, same thing with it, it, it might be like plugging in every single week to serve dinner at the shelter or to plug into your local anchor cause. Uh, or it could be just, you know, making sure that you're sponsoring a child through compassion, but actually taking the letter writing stuff seriously. Yeah. Like we're not trying to say everyone has to be the full complement of everything. But I do want to say, I think sometimes we get this idea that that the church is kind of like a buffet. And I love Sunday mornings, but I'm not really into gr- groups. Yeah. Or, you know, the anchor cause, it's awesome we do that, but I don't really have time for that. Yeah. Um, this isn't sort of like a plug in where you're interested. We actually believe that a life of full devotion to God is an engagement in all three. And actually, if there are parts of aspects of the lifestyle mm-hmm. that don't necessarily naturally track with you, they might actually be the most important places for you to plug in That's because God point. actually wants to do some stuff in you in that. And in order to be whole and healthy spiritually, um, we actually want a level of engagement in all of these ways yeah. from us. And I, I think, I think even at an integrity level, when the people who see us leading worship on stage also see us serving dinner at the shelter mm-hmm. or plugging into with farm workers, migrant workers in our Vineland anchor cause, um, Things like that actually lend credibility to our leadership because yeah. they know we're not just, you know, rock stars yeah. who cruise in when we're, you know, on stage. Hang and out then, in the green room. Yeah, hang out in the green No, no, no. We're actually invested parts, members of this community. Yeah. We're a part of the life of this family. Yeah. And I, I would just, maybe if I can tack on one more thing to that because I talk about cruising in just when we're going to be on stage Another thing I would love to see increased consistency in, especially for those of us who are in onstage leadership roles, is I think increasingly, and we we do have these kinds of conversations around here quite a bit, we've noticed a trend towards people really, this isn't everyone, and again, I I want to be careful how I characterize this, but it, it becomes easy to show up when you're on the schedule and when you're not, maybe it's easier to sleep in or be on vacation or go camping or whatever, and I, I grew up in an environment where the expectation was you go to church every Sunday. You don't miss. You plan your vacations around it. You just don't miss. And I'm not trying to create that expectation for all of us. I get that that's not the way the world is. I get that's not the way life works. But I think if we're only showing up when we're on the schedule or when we're on a stage, even if it's not a true thing that's real in our hearts, it does sort of send a message to people that... Mm -hmm. You know, I'll come here when I'm, you know, in an environment that I like or where I'm using yeah. my gifts, but um, I don't actually, I couldn't be bothered to come if unless I'm on the schedule. I guess like the balance I want to provide is like, if someone said to me, I don't have time to to live into these other dimensions of the lifestyle that we're inviting people into, like I would say... If the barrier between you and living a lifestyle of compassion and justice is serving once a month on a team, don't serve on the team. Yeah. Like, I would rather you live more into becoming more like Jesus than having to find another bassist on the rotation. Like, and and, and I don't want to be that crass about it because obviously, like, I think we have a great team and killer people. But at the end of the day, like, I, I, I want us to at least have margin for the important stuff. And, yeah. and not just so that we can pull off a service each, each week. When that sort of gets at the second point, not just consistency, where we have the integrity of who we are on and off stage, but where we are actually being conscious 
about the influence we have because of the stage roles that we play. We're, we're actually being leaders, um, not just on stages, but in the community. Um, I mentioned earlier that in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about be careful about, about practicing your worship in front of people. The funny thing about that verse is that just a few sentences earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, in verse 16, Jesus actually says the exact opposite. He says, practice your righteousness before all men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me feel like there is this duality to this idea where it's like, listen, you got to be careful that you're not just putting out some front on stage, but there's no substance behind it. But once you've dealt with that, the reality is, is that God is inviting us to practice our righteousness, to practice our worship in environments, in community, where people can see our following, our discipleship, and say, I want more of that. And and that's actually leadership. That's influence. And that's kind of the opposite side of, you know, the question of who am I when no one's looking? You know, one of the questions we ask around here is, who am I when everyone's looking? Yeah. Yeah. our lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer, once made up the word extegrity to combat the other side of integrity. And it's sort of just this idea of being conscious that when I'm gathered together with our community, when I'm at my life group, when, I, when I'm just running around in my daily life, um, I am an ambassador, not just of Southridge, but of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that I want to live in such a way where my worship, my engagement in, in a lifestyle of following Jesus is actually something of an example to people. And again, I don't want to put unrealistic pressures. None of us are perfect. We all have slumps. We all have busyness. We all have seasons. Um, I'm not trying to create some unrealistic expectation of us. Um, But I do want us to recognize that we have the capacity to be, in some ways, as influential as worship leaders when we're in the front row Mm -hmm. as we do when we're on the stage. Yeah. And I think the the negative example, I guess, would be if I'm I'm the guy on stage trying to lead people in worship, but when I'm not on on, I cruise in late. I'm chatting during the first song. I'm not really singing or being very expressive, mm-hmm. um, or maybe I'm not even there at all. Um, but I would love for us as worship leaders, and even increasingly widening the circle with our bands, to say we're going to be here on time and we're going to be here as often as we can and we're going to show up and be a couple minutes early and the minute the band starts going i'm going to be engaged i'm going to be clapping i'm going to be singing i'm going to be raising my hands when we do a spiritual practice i'm going to be participating and you know everything about what i'm how i'm going to worship i'm going to be the worshiper Mm -hmm. that when i'm leading worship i want to look out and see in the congregation yeah yeah could we give each other that gift and give our, our our church family that gift of leading by example. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm not hung up. I'm still thinking about the word righteousness that you used in terms of practicing your righteousness before all people. Like even just that word righteousness, like it, it's, I, I don't hear you saying it contradicts the first passage that you referenced, but if anything, it just orders them. Like there's an order in terms of how those things occur. If we think of the two things we're talking about today, um, you know, being that consistency, integrity, and now you're talking about, um, you know, uh, leadership off stage. Like it, it's almost like that. Your the integrity you have, um, the care, the character building, like that has to precede, you know, um, displaying righteousness for all people. Yeah. 
And I feel like that that's how it doesn't become some sort of empty, virtuous display of, you know, something. Um, well, but, again, it's it's like so many things. It's got to be both. Because yeah. at the same time, I don't think Jesus would have this vision for our lives that we would go hide in our closets all the time. Right, right. Um, you know, you look at a guy like, like there's the story of Daniel in the mm-hmm. Old Testament who even amidst, you know, uh, government oppression went and like opened his window and prayed publicly mm-hmm. uh, in front of people yeah. and was celebrated by in scripture for that. Yeah. We don't want to be closet Christians, mm-hmm. and yet we want to be closet Christians. We want we want to be public Christians yeah. who are living our public faith yeah. out of a closeted integrity, right? Out of out of what's what's been nurtured in secret and in private yeah. between me and God, but is spilling out into yeah. ways that we are being public, not so people will look at us and think we're great, no, but so that we can. The, Jesus' point in Matthew five is. So others will see, yeah, and they'll join in and glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah, yeah. It's a way of leading people in worship, leading people in mm-hmm. following Jesus. Yeah, just leading by example. Yeah, this is maybe a little bit off the beaten path, but it's reminding me of uh, you know, in a, a book called Way of the Heart by Henry Nowen, he talks about uh, solitude as a spiritual practice, and the way he describes it is solitude is the furnace of transformation, and he uses this analogy of stoking a fire. And then he has this really beautiful way where he basically, uh, the, the language he essentially uses is, um, is, is stoking your inner fire so that you can provide light to a weary stranger on the road, you know, in mm, the future, or yeah. in, in the middle of the night. And it's this beautiful image, but I think it's, it's that idea of it has to be both because the leadership comes from that work done in private, right? Like... It is the idea of like withdrawing into solitude and and um, and practicing our worship in secret, um, so that when we're leading, we can actually bring people to a place that we've already been ourselves. day I, I want to just thank all of our leaders and say what you do is so spectacularly valuable and important and I know you put a lot of thought into what does go on on stage I don't want to minimize that I just want to maximize what's happening off stage because I think it just lends so much credibility to what we do on stage and it right sizes um it right-sizes what I think we just deal too much with in our world these days with the image crafting and the substance, but no, or the, you know, the style, but no substance. Um, It may be counterintuitive, but I just find myself thinking about the quote by William Shakespeare, who said that all the world's a stage. And in one sense, while we're trying to break down stages, I do want us to appreciate the fact that God has given us the gift of one life and whether we are serving as a worship leader at Southridge on one of the stages in our buildings, or whether we are in our prayer closets, or whether we are in our life group, or volunteering at Anchor Cause, or at work, or out with friends, or in our neighborhood, we have an incredible opportunity to lead people in worship. Not necessarily with the singing of songs, not necessarily with a band following us around, but to be the kinds of people 
who by our example uh, are that city on the hill, that shining light, that that heat and light that people can look to and say, I see a spark of something in you and I'm drawn by that. I'm drawn towards God. I'm drawn towards love. I'm drawn towards hope, towards peace, towards joy. And I think the more we nurture that in the behind the scenes, offstage kind of ways, the more it's going to emanate from us in a real authentic, a genuine, spirit-filled kind of a way. And I believe that God will make us massively more effective in what we do on stage leading worship at Southridge, but much more importantly, in our day-to-day lives. I hope this has given you a lot to think about. But beyond just thinking about how to become better leaders, my prayer is that as we think, reflect, and hopefully even begin to live into this idea, that we don't just become better leaders, that we actually become better disciples, that we'd actually become more and more like Jesus. I look forward to having the opportunity to continue this conversation. And until then, I want to encourage you at some point this week, find some time, even just a little bit, where no one's watching, no one's listening. Spend time in worship through singing, prayer, meditation, doesn't matter, but to just take time to connect in an offstage manner with a God who is so eager to meet with you in the secret places. That's all for now. Can't wait to see you next time.